Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Matt Amendola and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by Jimbo Colvert. He played with the Chicago Bears from 1983 to 1991. He's a Hall of Famer for both pro football and college football Hall of Fames and is a Super Bowl champion for the 85 Bears. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Three. On two, on two, on two. Ready? Three. All right, man. Picks for week three. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah. Fire away. Pittsburgh at Cleveland? Pittsburgh at Cleveland. I got to say that the Steelers are going to take. Trubisky? Mm-hmm. On the road. It's um, okay. All right. Even with the elf on the field. Or what is it? Uh, did you see that? Yeah, the new Cleveland. The old. Oh, the old. The old brownie. Mascot? Yeah. The brownie. <laughs> all right. I'm going to take Cleveland. Oh, okay. Well, it's going to be. Upset City. Here we go. All right, Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders at Tennessee. Oh, man, what do you think? I mean, the Raiders are looking good. I'm still not impressed from week one from the Titans, so I got to go with Raiders. I'll take Tennessee at home to show up. Kansas City at Indy. Mm, I don't know. Mahomes is throwing sideways bullets. That makes sense. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kansas City. I'll go Kansas City. All right. Buffalo at Miami. Couple Buffalo's defense games. is too good. Even on the road, I go Buffalo. I'll go Buffalo. Detroit at Minnesota. Urgh, I gotta go Minnesota. I'm, I just can't pull the trigger on the line. Minnesota at home. I'll I'll take Minnesota. Baltimore at New England. Oh, let's see that defense. Even on the road, I don't know. Can the Patriots? Could be an upset. I'll go Patriots. I'll go Baltimore. All right. Cincinnati at the Jets. <laughs> Don't answer too too quick. At least I'll pause. Give Cincinnati. the Jets a pause. Cincinnati. Like like you're actually thinking about taking them, uh, and then you're like, oh, I'll take Cincinnati. They, yeah, they, I'll take Cincinnati. But we do have to pick. You do have to pick the Jets one of these times. Aren't they going to have one win? Um, but just not yet. I'm going to cherry pick that week. All right, I'll take the Bengals also. Okay. Philly at Washington. Philly. I don't think the commanders can put it together. All right. I'll take Washington at home. Okay. I think they're kind of. New Orleans at Carolina. Another division game. I don't know why I'm always going for the road dogs. These, this. Well, that's not. They won't be the dog, I don't think. Well, not dog, but just, you know. The road teams? Yeah. So you're going the Saints? I mean, I just. They don't, until Baker Mayfield shows up. I like game. Baker. I like Baker. Um, do you think he's going to get it done? You're going to go ahead and take the. Uh, no, I'm taking New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you I'll, I'll go Panthers. All right. Oh, switch it <laughs> I'll up. You right into that switch one. Switch it up. This is an easy one. Jacksonville at the Chargers. Oh. Uh, it's I'll a go, long trip go, for the Jags. I'll go Chargers. I'll go Chargers. Rams at Arizona. Great game. Going to be points scored. Arizona plays well at home. Kyler Murray needs a win. My, and he's your quarterback in the fantasy. Quarterback on my fantasy. So, I'll stick. I'm going to go with Arizona. I'll go with the Rams. All right. Atlanta at Seattle. 
at home, Seattle. I got to go with the Seahawks. I'll go Seahawks. Green Bay at Tampa. Until Tom Brady, until I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Right. I'll go Tampa. San Francisco at Denver. At Denver? Man. That's I a good know. game. I don't know. I mean, barring any Mile bad high. coaches' decisions in the last two minutes of right. the game. Mile high. All right. Let's go. I'll go Denver. I'm we'll going talk, San Francisco. You talk, talked me into it. They can change their ways. Dallas at Giants. Wow, big, this, big. Uh, they always play Dallas just super tough in New York. I, I, I For the homer, I got, I'll go Dallas. I'll go Giants. And then Houston with Lovey coming back, playing at our Bears. Who are you taking? You are from Houston. I was born so loud. there, and it is my birthday on that day. And I'm so sitting maybe at, all the and I'm sitting far enough the, away from you that I can't reach you. Stars will align. I'll still go Bears. Oh, uh-huh. I'll go Bears. They played good. They played so well for Week One at home in the rain and the monsoon. That's right. It's and they bad. played so well in week two, too. And I'll go definitely the Bears, right? Speaking of that game, the team Butkus will have his se- the second tailgate, right? Absolutely. Won't we? We can't, one- take, we can't take Houston with my dad being at the tailgate. You don't want to do that. Not going to. Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we had a great first tailgate. It was pouring rain, and everybody had a great time, I thought. No, it was right? great. I mean uh- – Considering the elements, uh, just add a couple more yep. tents to the uh, extravaganza. Tents to the extravaganza. We had the bagpipes. We had the first responders out there. Yep. So this time we're going to have a little Tex-Mex theme. Uh, La Preferita is going to be out there. We're going to have a margarita bar. Uh, I'm trying to get my dad to stop by, which uh, I think I have him stopping by. So that's his ambassador game. Everybody in the stadium, you'll be, you'll be listening to him that day. Go to butkustailgate.com, get your tickets. Uh, We'll soon have some Team Butkus apparel coming out, so come out and join us. Okay, let's go to part two with Jimbo. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. What do you like to do outside the game as far as outside of football, hobbies-wise? Well, I try to play golf, and uh, I, I, I used to be pretty good. And uh, I was like an eight handicap for like 20 years, and then, you know, everything started to fall apart on my body, you know, so I had a— The old rotator cuff kick. Eh, and <laughs> I got a new knee. Yeah. Um, and, when did uh, you get that done? I got that done in 17, and wow. then— uh, me and my, uh, you know, thinking I'm smarter than everybody else, I, I had a really horrible ankle. I sprained it, I don't know, a hundred times, my right ankle. And it was just, I couldn't even, like, I couldn't walk. As soon as I, if I, if I was on a surface and it was a little uneven, it would turn completely over and right to the ankle bone, you know? 
because I had no ligaments or no tendons left in it. My, I was I walk a lot, and my knee and then my knee was really bad. You know, I've had like the four operations on it, you know, and and different things, and so finally I just said, "Suck it up and get it done," you know. So I got them done to both in the same week. Oh wow! I did the all on the right side. Yeah, because I figured I'd be non weight bearing, you know. So like, sure. you know, on one side. So I was like, so "How'd my, that work out?" And my <laughs> knee done. A, I my knee done on a Tuesday, my ankle done on a Thursday. I remember laying in bed thinking, what the hell did I just do to myself, you know? And I was out in Vail at Stedman Clinic, where they're the best in the world. So, you know, I had great docs, and, and I got it done. And then... Um, Your golf game never recovered? It is starting. <laughs> it's starting to come back. It's starting, yeah. I mean, I just couldn't transfer weight. Oh, of course. And, um, you know, I couldn't get up on my toe on my right side, and uh, it was pretty pathetic for a while. Um, but you know, getting better and I can swing a little bit more, but, um, yeah, so that, but that was rough, man. I was out there for three weeks and my ankle got infected and I get it drained and is, is sucky, but you know, it, it worked out. And then, um, I just got back from Alaska. I do a lot of fly fishing. You know, I grew up fishing with my dad and my brother. So I, uh, a lot of us, we, we all grew up together and, um, in Pennsylvania fishing and my, uh, bunch of my high school buddies. In fact, three of them I went to kindergarten with. Oh, very cool. Um, nice. Yeah, so we've been friends for a long time. And then my brother, I took my brother, and then my buddy uh, Jerry Leehock, he's a lawyer in Philadelphia, a good guy. He, uh, His brother Ronnie and my brother John were best friends. They were a year ahead of us, so they we brought them with us. And uh, we had a good group. We had nine of us, and we had a blast. So we were in Alaska for a week, and we try to go we go to every year we go somewhere kind of in here and then we do a big trip, you know? So we, um, we went to Montana and we were all 50. That was a boondoggle. You still, when you're 50, you still think you can, you know, (laughs) do whatever you want to (laughs) do. Right. Um, right. And, uh, we, uh, we had a good time out there and then we, um, and we've been to a bunch of different other places in between. And we went back out to Montana and we were 60 and we were there. We said, you know, hey, you know, life's too short. And, you know, we, you never know, you know, a couple of our friends passed away and we're like, hey, so we all decided we were going to Alaska again. And that's like what we it. did. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Well, yeah, it was a good, it was a good trip. Yeah. This this past May, I went to Italy and, and uh, Ireland and Portugal. Nice. I'm like, when you can do it. Absolutely. Well, you know, Chris Haynes. Yeah. So he's coached over there. Oh. So I, I, when I was over there, I took the offensive-defensive line and helped them. They ended up winning their league division championship Super Bowl, and we're going to do um, some American football camps oh, out cool. there in, cool. in Italy. Cool, cool, cool. So. Cool, yeah. I mean, um, I just think anytime you can do things like that with friends or family, you got to do it because yep. uh, it goes uh, – you know, life goes by in a blink. Goes you know? quick. Yeah, it does. What's the biggest fish you ever caught? Uh, I caught some big sailfish, you know, not on a fly rod, obviously. I caught a big tarpon on a fly rod, 100-pound tarpon on a fly rod. That was pretty awesome. Sweet. Uh, caught uh, some couple big kings on a fly rod, too, king salmon on a fly rod. A couple 40-pounders on a fly rod. That was you, pretty cool. You live in Florida now, right? I do. I'm so a Florida. you go out? I'm a Florida. I'm fish? a Florida resident. Oh, yeah. I'm a Florida resident, and um, and then, uh, you know, I'm up here for the summers. But, yeah, my buddy Jason Strochak just bought a big um, Viking sport fish. Beautiful boat. Really beautiful boat. So, we, we you know, I'll go out with him, and, you know, we go out for dolphin, the mahi-mahi. Don't mm-hmm. want anybody to right. think I'm trying to catch flipper or anything. <laughs> right. 
mahi mahi and 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 um you know, we'll get, every once in a while we get a marlin. We got my buddy Phil got a big marlin the other day we were out there, which was pretty. I always cool. wanted to catch a sailfish. So out on the <laughs> Atlantic side, yeah, on the Atlantic side, yeah. yeah. Sailfish are great. They're jump. They're awesome. You know, you, you you know they're really not the typical sailfish is about a you know thirty pound, thirty five, forty pound fish. Beautiful fish, oh. jumpers and everything like that. It's pretty pretty cool. They tease them up. You know, they got a boat. They got these teasers on there. You know, to get, bring the fish up, and they slash at it. You know, and then you just throw some bait out there, and they eat it. It's pretty, pretty cool fishing too. You know, but I love the fly fishing piece of it. You know, I'll go down to the Keys a lot. I can be an Isle of Marotta from my house in less than two hours. You know, I I try to do that a lot. In the and you know, right now it's it's not the greatest fishing in the world, but you know, and when it turns like january the water's still a little cold february but like march april may june june's like prime tarpon time down in the keys marathon oh yeah they are yeah marathon <laughs> is where they kind of come through and that's that's it's good it's, that's it's, it's circle, fun. The, circle, circle the calendar right? it's fast and furious down there then and it's 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 fun it's fun fishing i yeah we had a boat you know down in to land and we'd go fishing and water skiing st john's river and stuff like that I remember those days. Those yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's we actually, I went fishing in the in the Gulf on yeah. the other side, just bottom fishing. Yeah, the Gulf is tough because you got to make a run when you get to blue water. You know, it's not as it's not like uh, Atlantic side. Atlantic side, like blue water's right there. You yeah. know, on the Pacific, on the Gulf side, you got to make a big run. You know, three, three, four hour run to get out to the mm-hmm. Gulf Stream. I, I went once in Nantucket. We, we, I was out we, there. I was up there this we summer. We were doing the big the tuna. Oh yeah, five like three to five hundred pound tunas. Yeah, my buddy caught a big four, three or four hundred pounder, maybe even bigger. He sent me a picture of it. His kids laying down the boat, and the fish is bigger than yeah. he is. You know, big like tuna. It. So pretty, pretty, pretty cool. But you know what? That, that's all good. I love that um, to catch one of those big tuna. But you know, I don't want to be in the chair when that thing comes off. Sure. I don't want to be fighting it for like an hour and a half you know my back would be screaming i'd right. have to be taking pain pills and drinking as sitting, i'm sitting, <laughs> sitting the whole way back exactly ducking the sword swordfish and, or the marlins marlin or the marlins. yeah marlin or marlin are awesome i caught a marlin awesome, awesome fish awesome what's the, the craziest right. thing you've ever seen on the field i think the cra- the craziest thing you know i told this story before but i have to tell it in a um you know in a uh I don't say, you know, I won't say R-rated, but a little bit toned down. But, you know, when we, in 84, when we had our, uh, we had our quarterback problems and um, Mac got hurt and we had, you know, turnover there and we were playing all these different quarterbacks. We played the Cardinals in preseason in 84 and, and we, there was a quarterback there named Rusty Lish and, and, you know, Mike liked him, you know, he's running around, he's pretty athletic, Notre Dame guy, you know, very religious guy, good guy. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he liked him, so he signs him, you know. So now everybody gets hurt. So we go out to San Diego. We got, you know, Rusty Lish is a quarterback, you know. And Mike's like, hey, you know, no, uh, you can't call any audibles. You know, I mean, you just got here. You're trying to learn the system. If you're calling audibles, you know, we're you know, we're going to have a problem. You know, say, yeah, yeah, I got it, coach. I got it. I got it. And so I was left tackle, you know, so nearest to bare sideline, you know. So we get in there and. 
you know, Rusty's running 34 and we're doing good, you know, I mean, we're making some yardage and everything like that, but I don't know. He must've saw something and he's like, blue 82, blue 82. And I hear Mike go, what the hell is he doing? You know? And then he, he throws it out and flat, it gets picked, you know, so it gets picked and it wasn't a pick six. Thank God we tackled him and got him. Then you're like a, whatever. Willie caught him or something. So, so he got dog cussed yeah. all the way back. Oh, he got, I mean, every, name you've ever heard in cussing came out of mike's mouth you know the same that you heard when yeah yeah i heard <laughs> maybe it. some few me. new ones yeah but my his family wasn't in the stands watching the game <laughs> right, right anyway <laughs> anyway we uh and mike's talking to him and everything and rusty's on the bench and all of a sudden i hear this little you know commotion and everything we got the ball back you know so when you're a captain, the the um, the official hits you, you know, when you're walking on the field and he goes, 74, we're going, which, you know, he's twirling his hand around, which means, you know, no TV timeout. Let's go. Yeah. We're... So I run out onto the field and I get into the huddle and I only got 10 players in the huddle, you know, I don't have a quarterback. So, so I come off the sideline and here's the scene, you know, all the defensive players are behind the bench, you know, Rusty's the only one on the bench. Mike's down on his knee talking to him like this. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, and I asked like Richard, I go, what the hell's going on? He's like, well, Rusty's not going back in until Mike apologizes to him for, you know, calling him a everything out, yeah, everything, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so I go, what? So did he ever apologize? <laughs> well, he had to because we didn't have any other quarterbacks. <laughs> so anyway, he he uh, he's yelling at you know he's yelling at him. Everybody's like, you gotta apologize, you know, defense players. You gotta apologize, Mike. And now the officials right next to me. I said we were going seventy four. I go, I don't have a quarterback. And so I call timeout, and, and Mike goes, "What'd you do?" And I said, "Call timeout." He goes, "An F you too." Dude, that's <laughs> so, hilarious. So then I got it. I wouldn't even do anything. Anyway, he apologizes to him, and uh, and Rusty walks, you know, towards the sideline, and you know, towards the field, and he turns around and goes, "Are you sure you're not going to yell at me again?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm not going to yell at you again." So he goes off. That's funny. And and we uh, you know we lose a game in overtime, you know. So now we're flying back that evening, you know, like two o'clock in the morning. And Sean heard it. Sean Gale heard it, like, because he was in the window and Rusty was in the aisle. So Sean, like, you know, had it down perfectly. He's got the, he's got the, you know, he's got the dick accent down and everything. I got, so he, uh, Sean says that Dick walks up, you know, he's got that, he's got the limp going and everything like that, you know. And he, it's like two o'clock in the morning, you know, Rusty is very religious. So he had his tray table down and he had his Bible out and he was reading his Bible and everything. And Mike puts his hand on the back of the chair and he goes, I hope you can find something in there about finding a job because your ass is out of here tomorrow morning. Right. That's funny. (laughs) On the airplane, he got fired on the airplane going. (laughs) It's like my boy at SC getting fired (laughs) on the tarp or the the airstrip. You're gone. But that was, uh. What about wild. what about like remember all the you know between Mac and and Ditka? Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, was, but you know what? I mean, he uh, he uh, most of the time he was right. I mean, Mac was right. He guessed right, and um, not guessed right. He knew. I mean, he's the smartest guy I ever played with. Yeah, by far. And I played with Dan Marino and smart guys, and but he just had this innate ability to like he just knew football mm-hmm. like it was part of him you know it was, it, he didn't have to study it he didn't have to 
you know, a lot of quarterbacks are in there. They're watching film and just film, 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 seeing tendencies, seeing this, seeing this, seeing that. He didn't have to do any of that. He just did it. You know, I mean, that's how smart he was. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you see, see the safety. You see, watch a film, you see the safety yeah. come up, you know, trying to mess with them on disguising the coverages. He knew everything. You know, I mean, he could. He didn't have a great ball. It fluttered a little bit. Didn't throw a great spiral, but it went to the right place. Yeah, um, got it there. And, um, yeah, and that was a difference. So, you know, a lot of times plays were called that weren't going to work, you know. You know, Mike's deal was you can change a play as long as it works. Now, sometimes, you know, defense, they get paid on the other side too. So (laughs) someone made a play. But for the most part, Mac was doing the right thing. That's just how smart he was. Yeah. The camaraderie on that team was pretty good too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he – You guys were buddies with the defense too and all that. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it was going away to Platteville in 84, I think, for training camp had a big impact on that team. Because, you know, you go down after practice and have a beer and, you know, you look over and there would be a defensive guy sitting next to you having a beer. And that never happened before. Like when I first got there, there was a huge division between the offense and defense. Huge. You know, Buddy had a lot to do with that, you know, yeah. I think. He just felt that they were superior and they were to us. They, had a, they, they were, you know, they were doing some good things. But, you know, I just think when – you know, the 83 guys came in there, you know, a little bit different breed. And, you know, I think mixed with, you know, Keith Van Horn and Hilgi and, you know, Mac and, you know, Walter and, you know, guys like that. It was just that we weren't going to take any shit off of those guys. So practices are, practices were uh, intense. Yeah, intense. <laughs> I mean, practices were ratcheted up a little bit. I mean, those, those, uh, you know, I mean, Some their scraps. tempo, their tempo was a little yeah. different. When I was with Pitt, like we, we, the offensive line were like, we, we were the guys that like controlled practice tempo. You know? Right. We controlled the practice. Not when I got to the Bears. I mean, it was the other way around. So I got to fight like probably every other day my, <laughs> my rookie year. Really? Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, they're not going to do that shit over right. here. So, I mean, if they want to do that, you know, after the whistle shit, you know, they can stay on the, wherever they want, but they're not going to come on my side right, and do I'm that. So, I mean, you know, I mean, you had to do that because that's the only thing those guys respected, you know, is is that. And, um, you know, I felt I had to earn it, and I did. And so i just tell you one thing. I wasn't going to face anybody better on Sunday than I faced during the week. Practice, right? So, yep. I mean, I appreciate that, you know, a lot um, that, uh, you know, I was able to have those kind of teammates. Yeah, talking to my dad, he had Gale. So he's like, when people ask him what, you know, who's the – hardest player you ever went he's like every day in practice every, yeah, every day in practice and you know that that team was pretty cool you know you know you had ob and you know all those guys on the defensive line those guys were maniacs we and, had ob on. we had ob on. oh you had ob on oh, yeah he's the yeah, best he's and he's, yeah he's awesome <laughs> and then, played uh, with a broken neck is oh man and then you had uh doug atkins and yeah. you know fred smith and those guys are maniacs you know so your dad fit in right real well with those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they were – that was a good team. That was a good team. And um, yeah. Unfortunately, know. well, they had, you know, they had Gale and, and on offense and my dad on defense. Yeah. Too bad they couldn't they couldn't do more stuff. With yeah, but, you know, they had a tough division. I mean, you know, it's yep. just, the, you know, the Packers. You know, yeah. And so, I mean, think about, like, my, I had a, a good pal of mine. Is, um, he just passed away this past year, Mike Lucci. He played for the Lions, and he's Alan, yeah. you know, Ambridge guy. You know, him and Mike uh, Dick were really good buddies in high school, and they were lifeguards at Raccoon State Park, right? We used to go there and fish and stuff. And, um, 
they were there and the high school you know team they and Mike went to Pitt and then both Mikes went to Pitt and then Lucci left and went to Tennessee and then you drafted by the Browns and then went to uh, Detroit and he was a hell of a linebacker. Right, hell of a linebacker. I think he made one Pro Bowl. You know why? Because the other linebackers were Dick Buckus and you know Ray Nitschke. Wow. You know, yeah. I mean, think about that. How are you going to make a Pro Bowl with those two guys? Yeah. Right. So, Tommy Nobis and you know Chuck Howley. I mean, how are you going to make a how are you going how are you going to make a Pro and, and Bowl with those guys in, in the NFC? That. That's the Sam NFC. Huff. Sam Huff was that's yeah, and no Giants. That's the NFC. Wow. Right. That's and so stacked. yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean. They had some pretty good players back then in that central division, you know. So um, that's why I think it was tough for the Bears because the Packers were always there, you know. Yeah. Had some good teams. And while you were there, right, the, just the Packer rivalry, right? Is a little yeah, bit the riv- rivalry was there, but we, we we always, you know, I think I I think we got they beat us in '83 once, '84 once, and then we ran the table on them like '85, '86, '87, '88. They didn't beat us again till '89. Then we beat them twice in '90. So I mean, we had a good run against right. them. And then from then on, we <laughs> yeah, from then on, hey, yeah, 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 we've had some problems. Um, yeah. My cousin's their offensive line coach. Oh, is he? Luke. I didn't know that. Yep. And um, my college roommates, their defensive coordinator. Yeah. So I'm like, what are you doing? You don't have green on, which is a good thing. No. I was try, trying to go over to their house before the, we go up there week two to find a playbook or something. Oh, yeah, we need it. We need it. Snag off the desk. <laughs> we need it. But going up there and playing, and, you know, we played up there in 85, and they had a bag of horse shit in McMahon's locker. Um, which was, was it always that Lambo? The whole, the whole locker smelled like, you know, the whole locker room smelled like shit, and we had to, we had to, we had to air it open the windows. <laughs> Awesome. Was it always at Lambo, or did you ever do the Fulton? Weren't they? And yeah, we played. Play a game in. Milwaukee oh yeah, we, we played them one time at at uh, Milwaukee County Stadium. Not in the, uh, not in um, regular season, preseason. And you know, Milwaukee County Stadium, both um, teams are on the same sideline. Yeah, in so, Milwaukee County Stadium. So that dividing line was pretty. At dividing line was right there. So you had Forrest Greg and Mike, who you know were real rivals back then. I think. Uh, it was preseason, and I think the Forrest Gregg called a timeout, like in preseason, to kick a field goal or something like that. And Mike goes, "What? Do you, what? What's wrong with the? <laughs> they start arguing right at the line. Right at the line. Was it was just, funny. It was just funny to watch. Yeah, Forrest was a hell of a lineman. Oh yeah, he was. I think yeah, he was. Asking my dad. Yeah, he said he was one of the, the toughest, strongest players he ever yeah, played against. My yeah. dad said that's the, his the hardest guy he had was Forrest Gregg. Yeah, he Forrest Gregg against. was a good player, you know, then he went to the Cowboys. He went to Cowboys for a year too, I think. Yeah. yeah. In his career, I think. So but, yeah. Now with preseason, like I was just thinking back in my dad's day, they they preseason was they played the whole game. Yeah, he, he he'd say, "Well, let's when they're down in Miami and it was hot." But they had six preseason games back then, right? And they which played, was nuts. And and my dad would which talk to OP and say, "Like, let's get in a fight." So we yeah, kick so you get thrown. So, yeah, you get thrown Jesus. out. Did you well, play the whole game in preseason? You know what? I played. I had a they had a deal where I had to play as long as like the first two quarterbacks played, just because they didn't want them to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was typically like you know first first quarter. First game, second quarter, second game, and then I really the last two games I played the whole game. You know that's what we did uh, back then. Now they don't even see the field. You know, I mean, and, took one away right. in preseason. I remember I came in in '87, and 
you know, my daughter was in the hospital and, and so I missed the first two weeks of training camp and, um, you know, I get into camp and, and, uh, we're playing, we're practicing against the saints at Platteville and then, uh, we're going down to play Miami on Friday, Friday night game. It's the opening of Joe Robbie stadium when they first opened their new stadium, you know? So I get in there and Freddie Cato sees me and goes, Hey, Mike wants to see you. So I go, Oh, okay. So, you know, he had this little like apartment down in the dorm at Platteville. And I said, uh, I get in there. He goes, Hey kid, welcome to camp. I go, yeah, I go, hey, good news and bad news. Good news is we're glad to see you. Bad news is you got to play every snap on Friday. I didn't practice yet. I was in the hospital for, you know, with my daughter for like two weeks. Oh, wow. I did nothing. <laughs> I didn't work out. I didn't do anything, you know, for two weeks. And I get in there on, on like Tuesday. I had a Tuesday, Wednesday practice, right? We traveled on Thursday and then I played on Friday wow. in, you know, in August in Miami <laughs> and I got to play the whole Brutal. game. I thought I was going to die. I mean, honestly, I thought I was going to die. Like I was sucking up, like I had so much grass in my face mask cause I was sucking up so much air and, um, made it through. Yeah. I made it through somehow, you know, but I still remember that, that I had to play this whole game. Like you got to be kidding me. They can't find someone else to get in there. No, I had to play the whole game. Wow. Every snap. Incredible. It's crazy. That isn't is it? crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now a guy like follow grievance for the you know for right. the league or something for right. inhuman punishment or something like that. <laughs> I think that all started with a kid from Michigan, right, saying they were practicing too much. Or, or was it Northwestern? It all started. Now they don't hit and like what we were talking before. And just, well, now if they get a guy say I'm not doing it, right? He said I'm not doing that. <laughs> I only got two days of practice. I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it. What are you going to do? Cut me? Okay, I'll just go to another team, get another signing bonus. <laughs> you know, that's what would happen. Yeah. I it, think that sometimes at like free agency or or in other sports, it was back when, when the players started making more than the coach. It's like, you could just talk back to the coach. What are they going to do? Who's going to, who are they going to fire first? The well, coach? then they just go get another, they just go to another team <laughs> and they go, okay, here, here's, here's another $10 million signing bonus, you know? It's insane. It's you know? I just, I just think that you know, when I got there, the reason I had to play because Keith Van Horn was on his scooter, and McMahon. They were coming back. They were trying to make it back before curfew, and they were down in Platteville at the bars. You know, so McMahon cut through the graveyard in Platteville, and he zoomed out, and Horn tried to cut through the grass, but they had the, they had the fields, and they had the uh, the big ropes up, you know, <laughs> on the fields, and he hit the rope like right here. And I don't know how fast he was going. Like, and then the bike flipped up. Clothesline him. Yeah. Oh no, it got him right here. Oh, yeah. If he was a little shorter, it would have got him. <laughs> and it got him. He had these big scars on his on his biceps for like a year. And then the bike flipped up in the air and went on his ankle and took all the skin off the side of his ankle. So he is out. And then Paul Blair, who was my backup, blew his knee out like first couple of days of camp. And so I'm like, so you're up. I'm up. <laughs> nope. You got to play the whole game. You know. So. Um, and then, which was really goofy. Did you, did you guys win? Oh yeah, we won. Oh no. And then, and then, which was really goofy was, you know, the bears are too cheap to go out and get another tackle, you know, to bring into camp. And so I had to practice like the next two weeks. I had to practice every play of offense and defensive team. So every play of practice, I had That's to practice wild. every play of practice for the next two weeks. 
And I remember Mike saying something to me, Dick is like, get in the best shape of your life, you know, because he just was pissed off too because they wouldn't bring in another guy. And you're just sitting there, you got to be kidding me. And that's what I mean. Can you imagine a guy doing that now? Every play of practice in an offense and defense twice a day. That's wild. All live. I mean, that's just a different world. That's (laughs) not even in the the, uh, galaxy. No, some guy just, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to not do it. Right. What are you going to do to Wait me? Wait till oh, my agent right. hears about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm on my own with my agent. Yeah. And my attorney. <laughs> File a grievance for, yeah, malicious intent. Yeah, a little, little bit different. But, yeah, I got in pretty good shape that preseason, I could tell you that. Yeah. I definitely did. I got a question for you. When did making the Hall, Hall of Fame, that probably had to be special? Oh, yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt waited, yeah, a long time. And, um, you know, I didn't. I didn't play that long. I only played eight years. I was, you know, on IR my ninth year. But, but you know, I I I started my very first game. You know, and and I think a lot of guys might have a you know twelve year career, or thirteen year career, but didn't start the first two or three sure. years. You know, uh-huh. it says they played sixteen games, right? They were probably you know backing up or playing special teams or something like that. You know, but you know, I started my very first practice. You know, and um, so I. I feel like I did, you know, did a pretty good job and played pretty well. And, you know, I, I just think that short career held it against me. And I think when Terrell Davis got in, that uh, changed it a little bit. And then just this year, right? Yeah. And then Tony Kenny was getting, yeah. And then Kenny the easily got in. And that kind of changed it because he's a short career guy because he had that bad kidney, you know, and had to retire. So I think that changed it a little bit and was able to get in. And uh, was that your proudest football moment being inducted to the Pro Football? Pro Football Hall of Fame? Um, you know what? I think so. Yeah, I think it has to be because it's part of your, you know, your career, excuse me. But I honestly, I think one of the, the things that I remember the most was my career was when I got elected captain in my second year, you know, which never happens ever. Mm, that is great. Yeah. And um, I remember Mike came in and said, here's our captains. And he goes, we took a vote. You want to come and see the vote? Come up to my office then. You know, and that's the way he was, you know, because he was like, because I don't think anyone believed it, you know, <laughs> like because it was me and Walter as, you know, as uh, offensive uh, captains and Singletary and uh, Fensick as defense and then Sean as at special teams. And that's what we did. And um, he just he just felt like people, if they didn't believe it, they could come up and see the votes, you know. So I was pretty proud of that, yeah, doing that my second great. year. And I just yeah. think it was just because you you led by example and. Uh, how you played, and and you know, I think my teammates respected that. You know, were you the captain from then on? Yeah, and then until I got hurt in '88, and then um, when I got hurt, you know, I was out for half the season, and then I think Hilgie took over then, and then uh, you know they, Hilgie just kind of took it after that. So, you know, I had a good run there, and I wasn't going to go up to Mike and ask him why, uh, you right. know, I got replaced as captain. Sure. I mean, I wasn't playing for eight games, um, but that didn't that didn't bother me. You know, I knew my teammates voted on me being the captain. Right. I wasn't appointed, you know, right. so I felt. You still talk to Bortz and Hilgi and Well, Bortz, he's MIA somewhere. I don't know where he is. He's up in a tree. How? He's up in a tree in Quincy, Illinois, somewhere, trying to shoot some deer. And I talk to Horn every once in a while. How's his back? He's pretty bad. Yeah, he's, he's got that brace and everything. He's had some rough, he's had some rough times with that health issues, you know which is unfortunate. And uh, I think later on in his career, he got 
you know, he, he got beat up a little bit, you know, later on in his career, and I think that took a toll. Yeah. And, you know, I see Hilgi and Thayer every once in a while, but Bortzi's MIA, man. I'll tell you, I, I haven't talked to him in forever. I'd love to talk to him, but he doesn't Iowa kid, Doesn't right? reach out, yeah. <laughs> no, Partyville, Wisconsin, that's where he's from. Okay. Party he went Wisconsin, to but Iowa. He went to Iowa, yeah. He's a beauty. I haven't Where'd Hilgi go? Hilgi's Iowa. Uh, oh, okay. uh, Thayer's a Notre Damer. Right. So you had a Domer and a, and a SC guy playing Trojan. next to each other. Yeah. That was interesting. That's always a fun day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, do, what do you think about that new Pitt quarterback that came from Pitt? Oh, I think uh, yeah, Pickett. So, uh, Pickett. get to yeah. see him play? Oh, yeah. He can play. Yeah. He, he'll be the starter by, by midseason. Beat out think. our Chicago guy? Yeah. I Trubisky. hope. Um, but he's a uh, he's good, good kid. A good player. Some guys just got it, and some guys don't. You know, he, yep. he, you could see it as a freshman. He just couldn't. He didn't. Wasn't grasping the offense and wasn't comfortable in that. But you could see he started a couple games his freshman year. You could just see the kid had potential and desire and did some good things. And you know, got up there and beat Miami as a freshman when uh, Miami was. I think they were like ranked number three or four or something like that, and beat them. And yeah, he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a good player in this league for a long time. Nice. Cool. You good? I think right. we're good. All right. Right. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. You bet. Appreciate you, you Jim. Bet. Thank you. You bet. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Jimbo Covert, for joining the show today. And thank you to my co-host, Matt Amendola. If you missed part one with Jimbo, you can find it in the show description below. Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and thebutkasaward.com for updates on this podcast. If you're interested in purchasing number 51 merchandise, please go to dickbutkus.com. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I am your host, Matt Butkus, and we'll catch you on the next one. AmericanEagle.com is over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from design and development to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is a technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They also are the official website and digital marketing provider for the Butkus Award, and Butkus Foundation websites, and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-W-E-B-N-O-W-1.